Worthy is he. Help me sing. Continually be in my mouth. I will bless his name because of his saving grace, and that's why I'll give him all the praise every now and then I still win worthy is he sing along worthy is thy The Lord is, is my light and my salvation. Strength of my life, whom shall I be afraid? And that's why I, I praise him for his amazing grace. Oh, quiet, help me say, Jesus is. God is yeah. When I look back over my life I know the Lord is He is so worthy And I see all I see all 
all the mountains God has brought me over He is worthy And I see all All of the valleys Jesus has brought me through I know He's worthy I got my health and strength And for that alone He is so worthy Oh, worthy, worthy Is He Oh, worthy Worthy Is Thy name Is Thy name He, Jesus, your word, worthy, oh, is thy name, amen, amen, worthy, worthy. Worthy. He's worthy. He's always worthy. He 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 woke us up this morning. But that's not why he's worthy. He allowed us to be able to most of us get out of bed on our own. Put our own feet on the floor. But that's not why he's worthy. We uh, got ourselves cleaned up and probably went down to the kitchen and looked in our refrigerators and decided what we wanted to eat for breakfast, if if you're a breakfast person. And there was food there. There was something to drink there. That's not why he's worthy. We... um, finished our breakfast or whatever we did, went on, put our clothes on. First of all, opened up the closet. Some of us remember a time when we opened up the closet and you knew what you were going to wear because it won't but one or two things in there for you to choose from. So you didn't have to ask, what am I going to wear? You didn't think about it. You already knew. Now we open up our closets, most of us now, most of us, we open up our closet and we got more clothes than we know what to do with. Some of us got clothes we don't even wear, but maybe two, three times a whole year. But that's not why he's worthy. Used to say women were the big shoe buyers. Women have all these shoes. I pick at my wife, but I can't say nothing. I got more pair of shoes than I should have. Most of us do. That's not why he's worthy. Went outside, had a car we could get in. Had gas in the car had a few dollars in our pockets, got a few more dollars in the bank. I'm in church, I shouldn't lie. Some of y'all got a whole lot of dollars in the bank. I, 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 know, I, know, I know who to come, come around here and talk to when I get tight. Yeah, some of us got a whole lot of dollars. But that's not why he's worthy. He's worthy because he's Jehovah. Yes, 
He's worthy because he's the most high God. He's worthy because he's the everlasting God. He's worthy because he's a loving God. He's worthy because he's a gracious God. He's worthy because he's a merciful God. He's worthy because he's a just God. He's worthy because he's been good better to us than we could ever be to ourselves. He's loved us in spite of ourselves. That's why he's worthy. Come on and give him a praise on this morning for being a good and awesome God. All power, all knowledge, all authority in heaven and on earth. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you now for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. Use me as you will to teach your word with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give an honor to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of Jehovah God. Um, again, to the deacons and deaconesses and trustees and every auxiliary head of Ronald Salem. Uh, to my sisters in the ministry uh, who are with me this morning. Uh, to Pastor Lofton and to Pastor Jones. Blessed and honored that you would be with us on this morning. And we just thank God for continuing to allow us to have this opportunity here at this branch of Zion that is called Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. It's such an honor and a privilege, and I, I don't take it lightly. Thank you, Derek. I'm going to share with us this morning from the book of St. John, chapter 14, verse 26, just one verse of scripture. Starting a, uh, uh, ushers, please be seated. Thank you so much for being so faithful and so dedicated, ushers, always. Uh, Derek, new series. This will be at least three messages, maybe four, but at least three. Uh, this is called the Holy Spirit series. It's important for us because I don't, I, I can only speak for myself. I don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough, at least not in detail. And, and the Holy Spirit is the most important entity to those of us who are Christians now. We certainly always give God the, the Father and our Lord Jesus the praise and honor that they rightly deserve. But we also need to praise and honor the person of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's helping you and I on a daily basis be who the Lord called us to be. Amen? St. John chapter 14, verse 26. I'm reading this from the New International Version, and it says, um, and this was Jesus himself talking. He said, but, um, he says, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Just for a few minutes, church family, I, I want to share from this thought. Signed, sealed, delivered, he's yours. Signed, sealed, delivered, he's yours. We, we've learned from the people who study the human mind that how we think and how we behave is influenced or is, is motivated by someone or something. Amen? 
Every one of us, how we think in our daily lives, our actions that we take, is motivated by someone or something. In other words, there's a reason why every one of us do what we do. Amen now. Sometimes we shake our heads and we wonder, what is, what is the motivation for the good and the bad things that people do? For, for example, one husband and wife will abandon their own children and leave them without food or money or any way to take care of themselves. Amen. But then another husband and wife with their own children will gladly take in more children to foster or to adopt. Amen. Amen. We know that because we had a family right here in Ronald Selma that did that. I could go on, but I believe you get my meaning. There are many types of motivations. There are many types of reasons for the way we think and, and what we say and, and how we behave. But if we are followers of Jesus Christ, the motivation for our thoughts and our words and our actions should be different than non-believers. Amen. Amen. Church family, you've heard me say many times in the past, I'm not necessarily better than somebody that's unsaved by whatever measurements you want to use of who's a better person, but I'm better off. Yeah, I might not be better than you, but I'm better off. Why? Because I understand it ain't about me. It's about the Lord. I don't depend on what I can do. I don't depend on what you can do. I depend on what I know God will do, and that's why I have favorable confidence of an expectation of a good end, right, of things going my way. Amen. Amen. If we believe in Jesus, if we're following Jesus, the way we think, the what we say and what we do should be different than non-believers. You all heard me say, I think it was last Sunday, I said, you know, when we show up in the places, you don't have to announce who you are. He didn't have to tell me he was Pastor Jones. But I looked over there and I saw that man and there was something on him. He didn't even have to be a Christian just because he was in church, because a whole lot of folks did not Christians come to church. But there was something on him. And I said, let me go over and talk to this brother. And then I find out exactly who he is. And, and it's up to the same with all of us. When we show up because of God's favor, God's spirit on us, we are people that stand out, and we don't have to open our mouths. I'm, I'm going to tell you more about that in a little bit. True Christians are motivated to live for Jesus because we love Jesus. If you look back at the same chapter of John, chapter 14, and if you look at, go back up to verse number 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. True Christians are motivated to live for Jesus because we love Jesus. That's John 14, verse 15. Our daily lives should be consistent and they should reveal our desire to glorify Jesus. I didn't say our daily lives will be perfect. I said our daily lives should be consistent, and our daily lives should reveal our desire to do what? To glorify the Lord Jesus. Christians have the same problems in life as non-believers, but we also have a winning advantage that non-believers don't have. We got the same problems got the same hang-ups, got the same schisms and isms as anybody that's unsaved. Yes, we do. You're lying if you say you don't. I know Edwin does. 
But I've got an advantage, and you've got a winning advantage that non-believers don't have. I know that's right, because in St. John chapter 14, verse 26, what, what I'm talking about today, Jesus tells his apostles that the counselor, the Holy Spirit, amen, the Holy Spirit is the Christian's greatest motivator. The Holy Spirit is the Christian's greatest motivator. And if you were to look in an Amplified Bible, you would see some other names beside the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Bible calls him the helper. The Amplified Bible calls him the intercessor. The Amplified Bible calls him the advocate. Oh, thank God for that, that he's an advocate for you and me. The Amplified Bible calls him the strengthener. The Amplified Bible says he's the standby. Ain't that something? To know that you got a God that's on standby? He's on standby for you, just waiting, just standing there watching and listening, just waiting for whatever it is that you need for him to take action on your behalf. The Holy Spirit teaches Christians, this is what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit teaches Christians all things, and he reminds us of everything that Jesus told his apostles, and those same things that Jesus told his apostles, they apply to us too, because we're disciples, we're modern-day disciples of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is part of the divine trinity of Jehovah God. Go back to Genesis. You don't have to go there now, but if you would go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Holy Spirit was right there when God the Father and Jesus, with God the Father and Jesus, when the Father said, let us make man in our own image. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows all of us better than we even know ourselves. Yes, he does. He knows me better than I know me. He knows you better than you know you. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows us better than we know ourselves. And, and Jesus asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit to help us live a holy life. That word holy means a life that pleases God. A life that pleases God. That's what holy is. Holiness, we, we talked about it just for a brief second uh, in Sunday school this morning. Holiness, to live holy doesn't mean you live a perfect life. Doesn't mean that you always do things right every day, all the time. You cannot do that. You are not Jesus. You are not perfect. Our flesh is corrupted. It's not our fault, but it is what it is. But a holy life means that we have a heart's desire to glorify Jesus. We have a heart's desire to live a life that pleases God. Now, that also means I can't st I got to stop making excuses for myself, too. Yeah, some things I know I got to stop doing. I got to be willing to give some people up. I got to be willing to give some things up. I got to be willing to give some situations up if I truly want to live a life that pleases God. But here's the good thing. I don't have to do it on my own. Because the Holy Spirit is going to help me stay on that straight and narrow path. Amen. Amen. But here's the thing, church family. We have to give the Holy Spirit permission to help us. We have to give him permission. Even now that you are saved, you can live in sin. You can live in sin. Matter of fact, the Bible refers to that not only as being backslidden, but if you live consistently in sin, even though you're saved, that Bible says you're a carnal Christian carnality. Carnality is how you choose to live. And yes, you're going to be punished for it, not just in the by and by. The Lord's going to deal with you right now, too. But here's the thing. If we give the Holy Spirit permission to have his way with us, we won't live that way. I've said it before. I'll keep saying it until the Lord tells me differently. When you come to know the Lord Jesus, when you fall in love with Jesus more than your own flesh, 
you will want to please Jesus more than you want to please yourself. It's not that you don't uh, that you give up all the stuff that you you know all your desires, your wrong desires go away. No. Some of them may go all the way away. Some of them may come back again. Don't the devil come back to us every once in a while? Don't he go away for a season and come back? Same thing for our own selfish desires. But when you fall in love with the Lord Jesus, you will want to, to please Jesus more than yourself so that living holy becomes your normal and living in sin becomes your abnormal. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us, who helps us live that life that is pleasing to the Lord. We, we can't live a daily victorious life unless the Holy Spirit helps us. Asking for help, church family, does not mean we're weak. Asking for Jesus' help means we're wise enough to understand that we are constantly under attack by supernatural enemies. Amen. There are three things all of us deal with every day. We deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We deal with our own selfish desires. We deal with stuff that folk bring to us or put upon us, and then we deal with the devil. We deal with those three entities, the devil, people, and our own selves. Amen. We are fighting against supernatural evil forces. It's not just your neighbor or your, or your co-worker or that family member that gets on your nerves. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that because sometimes folk get on your nerve because the devil is using them. Oh, they got so much mess in them that they just want to see you be in, in, in turmoil. You ever met somebody that just wants you to be, uh, just wants you to be in turmoil, Brother Jesse, because they are. Their life is jacked up, so they want your life to be jacked up too. Can't stand for you to be happy. You're not doing anything. You're not bothering them at all. But because they got a jacked up life and they're not happy, they want you to be unhappy. So, so, so listen, okay, it's not just my opinion. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he says that we wrestle not, we fight not, we struggle not against flesh and blood. Uh-uh, it's deeper than that. He said, but against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. These attacks that we come under, church family, it ain't just because folks is mean. Now, some folks are mean, but it's not just that. These spiritual attacks we come under is because there are demonic forces by the devil himself trying to get you and me to not be who God called us to be. Why? Because the devil knows the end of his story. He is going to hell. Hell was created for him, and he wants to take as many folk with him to hell as he can. And believe you me, if you look around this world, you see he got a whole lot of company that's going to go to hell with him. But we don't have to. We don't have to. We, we, we can defeat the, the evil supernatural enemies around us if we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit has power. Amen now. I can prove it. In the Old Testament, in the book of Micah, Micah 3, chapter 8, Micah said, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. In the book of Judges, Samson says uh, several times about Samson in the book of Judges that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and Samson was able to perform unbelievable feats of strength. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. 1 Samuel, when, when, Saul, when, um, when Samuel went to Jesse's house, because God had sent him there, and Samuel poured the oil over David's head, David the young shepherd boy. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samuel, and that's how he knew 
that David was the one that God had picked to be the next king. Amen. And if God allows me to, church family, over the next few weeks, I'll say more about the Holy Spirit. But today, I, I just want to share three ways, three ways the Holy Spirit will help anybody that gives him permission to guide their lives. So if you're a pen take, if you're a note-taking person, get ready. I'm going to share three ways that the Holy Spirit will help anybody that allows him to guide their lives. The first way I want to talk about is the Holy Spirit will help us by conviction and correction from sin. The Holy Spirit will help us by conviction and correction from sin. I want to share with you this, uh, this passage from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, listen to this. Verse number 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, stay in Romans chapter 8 and go down to verses 5 and 6. This is what it says. Now, remember I'm saying one of the ways the Holy Spirit helps us is through the conviction and correction from sins. Romans chapter 8, I just read verse 1. Now, look at, listen to verses 5 and 6. Verse 5 and 6 say, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way with us, have their minds set on what, of, on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6 says, The mind of sinful man is his own, but uh, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Amen. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you the second way the Holy Spirit helps us. Holy Spirit helps us because he gives us power to live holy. He gives us power to live holy. What's my evidence of that? Right here behind you. Right here. And I've decided that this needs to stay here until whenever. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, 23. It starts out by saying, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is, and you see what it is there, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are no law. When you allow the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. When I allow the Holy Spirit to operate in my life, this evidence of God being in my life is going to be evident. It's going, people are going to see that in us. That's how I know that the Holy Spirit, not that you don't ever get mad, but you don't stay mad. Not that you don't ever lose your patience, but if you lose your patience and say something wrong or misspeak or short with somebody, you come back and say, I'm sorry. Look, I was having a moment. Please forgive me. You'll be sincere about it. No, no, no. Holy Spirit in your life is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life is good. You're going to have the fruit of the Spirit will manifest itself. Now, like I've said many times before, I may not necessarily see all those things in your life all the time, but Lord knows I ought to see some of them sometime if you say you're saved now. Some of that, some of that ought to be evident in your life sometime and in my life too. If I claim I'm saved and I'm letting the Holy Spirit have his way with me, Y'all ought to see some of that in me sometime. 
I shouldn't be walking around here totally opposite of that all the time if I claim I'm saved. Amen now. And then let me share the third and final way that the Holy Spirit uh, helps us. He gives, he gives us gifts to bless people. He gives us gifts to bless people. Miss, Miss Lola, what was that scripture you read this morning? Romans what? Okay, so write that down. Romans 12, 3 through 8, because that talks about some of the gifts of the Spirit. But let me also share this one. I didn't have that one, but, but when I heard it, I said, thank you, Lord, because you want to make sure I had that one. But let me share this one with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. This is what it says now, because this was Paul talking to the church family in Corinthians about spiritual gifts. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them and all men of all people. Now, here we go, verse 7, starting with verse 7. Now, to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given to a common good. To one there is the gift through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. That's the spiritual gift. To another, the, uh, another faith. Amen. I mean, excuse me, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. Listen, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, Holy Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. All of us may not have the same spiritual gifts, and some of us may have these same spiritual gifts, and some of us may only have one spiritual gift, and some of us may have several spiritual gifts. But the bottom line is, you got a spiritual gift. You got a spiritual gift. You, you, all you have to do is open yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to show you clearly. Sometimes we have gifting that we don't even see. Other folks see the gifting in us before we even recognize that it's a gift. But everyone who gives his life or her life to Jesus Christ and then allows the Holy Spirit to have his way with us, you have been given a spiritual gift. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives to people the gifts as he decides. That's why when I hear people talking about everybody got to speak in tongues in order to show that they got the Holy Spirit, I just shake my head. I don't even argue with folk no more because that ain't what the Word says. The Word doesn't say everybody who has received the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. says that tongues is a spiritual gift. You may have that gift. You may not. You can pursue it, certainly, if you want to, and the Lord may give it to you. But my point is, that's not the only evidence that you've received the Holy Spirit. That's not my opinion. I just read it to you from the Word. It's one of the many gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit himself decides who gets what gifts. Now, that's what the Word says. I don't have to argue and debate with nobody about what the Word says. Amen. So I'm going to say this again real, real quickly. Three ways, and I'm going to get into this in more details over the next several weeks. Three ways that the Holy Spirit helps every believer. Number one, conviction and correction from sin. Number two, the power to live holy. 
And number three, the gifts to bless people. And keep in mind, I hope you wrote down that scripture that Sister Lola read uh, this morning because that also talks about additional gifts of the Spirit. As I close, I, I remind us to always thank Jesus for the Holy Spirit. We always, I hear people say all the time, oh, I thank God for Jesus. Oh, I thank God for Jesus. And that's good. Thank God for Jesus. But we need to also thank Jesus for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit came to us because Jesus asked the Father to send him to us. Doesn't, doesn't Jesus say that he'll never leave us and for, or forsake us? And he did not. He did not leave us, nor did he forsake us. He didn't forget about us. Why? Because before he got ready to go back, he told the disciples, he said, I'm going to go back. He said, but when I go back, I'm going to ask the Father to send you a counselor. I'm going to ask him to send somebody to help you. I'm not going to be walking around in a human body on this earth realm anymore. But I'm going to send somebody who has just as much power and authority as I do to show up and show out in your life. And that's God, the Holy Spirit. So we need to thank Jesus sometimes for the Holy Spirit. Jesus loved us so much that he did not want us to go through life without spiritual wisdom. He didn't want us to go through life without spiritual power. He didn't want us to go through life without the spiritual authority that we need. Jesus made sure the Holy Spirit's arrival was signed, sealed, and delivered. Amen now. Jesus made sure the Holy Spirit's arrival was signed, sealed, and delivered. I know some of y'all say, that's what you said. You ain't going to get to that in no time. Okay, I'm at it now. I'm at it now. Let me tell you how it was signed. Let me tell you how it was signed. 1 John 14, 16. Jesus told his disciples that his father would give them another counselor, the spirit of truth. That's in St. John 14, verse 16. The, the spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. When we looked at 1426, Jesus says again that his father would send the Holy Spirit to the apostles and to us in Jesus' name. Jesus made a vow, a pledge, a promise to his apostles. Now keep this in mind. When Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come, it was a signed contract between him, the father, and the apostles. When Jesus told them that the Holy Spirit would come, Jesus saying it was just the same as having a signed legal document. And of course, it has more authority than man would ever have. But that was a signed contract between Jesus, his father, and the apostles. Because Jesus always keeps his word. Amen. Amen. Go to, if you go to Numbers 23 and 19, you'll see that, that when, we, when we get saved, according to Numbers 23 and 19, that's when the Holy Spirit comes along. The moment that we get saved, it was signed. It was sealed. His arrival, the Holy Spirit's arrival was sealed. After the a contract is signed, the next step is to do whatever the parties agree that will be done. Any of y'all ever done any business dealings? You know, having a contract, signing a contract is one thing. It ain't worth the paper it's signed on until something happens, Juan, right? It ain't no good until something happens. Whatever I've agreed to do and whatever you've agreed to do, if one of us don't do it, then the contract really is void. But, 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 so, but, but Jesus sealed the deal. Here's how he sealed it. Here's what he did. That, that's, when, when you follow through on what you say you will do when you sign the contract, that's called sealing the deal. When Jesus died on a cross, John 19, Jesus said, it is finished. When he rose again and returned to heaven, Matthew 28, 1 through 6, I have got all power and authority in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and all that. When Jesus was, when he died on that cross and when he got up again, and Mark 16, 19 tells you the same thing. 
Jesus sealed the deal for the Holy Spirit to come into the world to help his saints. Who are his saints? Are you saved? If you're saved, raise your hand. Don't feel bad if you're not saved. You his saints. You're the saints of God. I say it all the time. I don't feel holy today. That's all right. You're still his saints. Well, I did something I shouldn't have done. That's all right. You're still his saints. I said something I shouldn't have said. That's all right. You're still his saints. I had a thought I shouldn't have had. That's all right. You're still the same. Why? Because your righteousness is not based on what you do. Your righteousness is based on what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. Always remember that. That, that don't mean live a raggedy life, but that just means don't, don't, be, don't beat yourself up and condemn yourself if Jesus is not condemning you. If Jesus stood there and told the woman that got caught in the very issue of adultery, who is it that's condemning you? And she said, no one, my Lord. What did he say? Neither did I. Now go and sin no more. Amen now. So that's how he sealed the deal. Jesus sealed the deal. He sealed the arrival of the Holy Spirit when he died and when he rose again. And then he delivered. Jesus delivered on his promise that the Holy Spirit would come in the book of Acts chapter 1. We read that before Jesus went back to heaven, he told his disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended on 120 people, including those 12, in the upper room. And from that day to this day, when any person gives her life or his life to Jesus, we get the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is delivered to us. Amen. We receive the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians 3 and 2, we receive the Holy Spirit by what we heard and, and believe in what we heard. We didn't receive the Holy Spirit uh, just because uh, we just thought, oh, well, uh, maybe this and maybe that. No, no, no. We received the Holy Spirit because of we heard and we believed what? We believed that if we gave our lives to Jesus, then he would send us a counselor. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 says that um, the body, the body, our human body, is the temple of God and that we should not do anything to, uh, to corrupt this temple. So in other words, that's the evidence in Galatians 3.16 that, that the Holy Spirit comes and he lives and he dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is always with you. If you listen, let me say this, and I'm being really raw and really real, but we need to know. When we do right, the Holy Spirit's right there. When we do wrong, the Holy Spirit is right there. Don't think that because I decide I'm engaged in some sin, the Holy Spirit goes over in the corner somewhere and closes his eyes and covers his ears. No, the Holy Spirit is right there, right with me in my sin. And, 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 and it grieves him. But the point is, he does not leave us. So you, so, so, so when you, and, and, I, and I know this is true because I can tell you from my own life, and I know y'all know it too, that moment in time when you're thinking something or you're about to think something or say something or do something you know you shouldn't do, and there's that, about that two seconds before you fire that gun, that something says to you, don't do it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit, because you know, when you say, come on, y'all, don't lie in church, you know when you get ready to, to get into willful sin, you know something tells you don't do it. You know something brings back to your mind all the goodness of the Lord. And, and you start to say to yourself, I should really, no, I, can't, I shouldn't do this because God's been too good to me, and, and, and something is trying to make you go that way, and something the whole time is just 
putting a, a finger on your shoulder saying, don't do it. That's the Holy Spirit. All the time. The point I'm making is that he's always with us. So we should listen to him and let him help us live holy. Amen, amen, amen. Our bodies are the temple, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our temple. And because he comes and dwells with us at all times, we have godly wisdom available to us. At all times, we have godly power available to us. At all times, we have God's authority available to us. At all times, we have protection from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. At all times, we have favor of the Lord. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I know sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way we wanted them to be. But the Bible says that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. It doesn't make sense all the time, but it doesn't have to make sense because God's ways are not my ways. God's thoughts are not my thoughts. God does know best. We have to trust that. And, and is there anybody here this morning who's willing to just acknowledge that, yes, yeah, sometimes I've been hurt, sometimes I've been disappointed, sometimes I felt depressed, but when I stop to think about and look back over my life, particularly from where, where I was before I didn't know the Lord, and there while where I am now after the Lord came out, I can say, thank you, Lord. I can say, thank you, Jesus, because I know you love me. I know you were the one that kept me, even when I had no concern about you. Somebody here ought to have a history with the Lord. We need to celebrate 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 Jesus Christ because he loves us so much. He's so patient with us, church family. He's so kind to us, church family. He's so merciful to us, church family. The only reason in some of our lives why we don't see more manifestation of God's goodness in our lives in a larger way is because we won't trust him. We, it's, and, I, and listen, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking to us all. I understand sometimes it's easy to get hung up on our feelings. And we want to stay in our feelings. And we feel we have the right to be depressed. And we have the right to sulk. And we have the right to be angry. I know we feel that way. It's a very real emotion. If you were unsaved, I could understand it. But because you're saved, no, sister, no, brother. That's not who you are anymore. That's who you used to be. No, 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 no. All you need to do is say, God, no matter what, God, I trust you. I can't see it, but I know you do. I can't fix it, but I know you can I don't know it, but I know you do. Amen. We need to celebrate the Lord Jesus, and we need to thank him for God, the Holy Spirit. Every day, that's, what's, that's, that's our motivation. He's our motivation right now. You came to church this morning in part because the Holy Spirit motivated you to come. You came to church and you paid attention because the Holy Spirit motivated you. Because you have enough God in you to know that if I come to church, Ronald Salem, Somebody else is Salem. I will get the word, and I'll be blessed by it. And here's the last thing, church family. The Holy Spirit blesses us. Like I said, he gives us spiritual gifts so we can bless other people. Bless other people. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Some of you all have the testimony. You walked into restaurants or you walked into stores, and you saw a person. You didn't know them from Adam. But something said to you, go over and speak to him. 
over speak to her. Maybe you could see on somebody's face that they really were having, it looked like they were having a bad moment in time. And, so, and, and, and your human side said, I don't know that person. I ain't going to go over there and say nothing. They might cuss me out. But the spirit inside of you said, trust me. Go over there and just say, can I help you? The Lord said, that, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, go over there and tell them God said, he's got it. It's going to be all right. I've had that experience. I've been the one that the Holy Spirit sent to somebody. I've been the one that the Holy Spirit sent to me, somebody, and it's blessed me. Let the Holy Spirit use us to be a blessing to other people. If you believe and you're thankful and grateful for God, the Holy Spirit, come on, give him a praise. Come on, give him a praise. Thank you, Lord. Glory to his name.